Great to have you on this beautiful Sunday morning. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your warm heart pastors. If this is your first time here, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us, and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. We do have a gift for you uh, for for visiting. Thank you so much. Uh, We appreciate that. Find Lisa, or Lisa will find you. Lisa's in the green right back here. Uh, she will hunt you down in a loving, kind, Christian way and, and greet, you, greet you appropriately. If you're joining us online, we, uh, we are blessed to have you with us as well. We pray that, we pray that you feel connected to this church. Uh, about, about once a month, we'd like to say hello to you. So congregation, we got a camera up there. We got uh, quite a few people watching online. Could you just turn around and wave at them and just, yeah. Thank you for being a part of our church. Uh, wherever you may be today. Today is Communion Sunday, once a month. The first Sunday of the month we we share in the Lord's Supper. Uh, So uh, be prepared for that toward the end of the service. And if you are joining us online, have your elements ready a little later and we will bless them through the interwebs, through the internet here. Uh, We could do that around here. Um, Lisa has has an announcement or two. Did you want to share an announcement to the congregation? You're you're up. It's up. It's 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 you. Well, I am definitely not uh, have the sense of humor that um, Pastor Mike does, but I'll I'll do my best. Um, look who's coming to dinner, or at least to Meridian UMC this Thursday. Our Warm Heart Church will be opening our doors to the Oregon annual the Oregon Idaho annual conference. Close to two hundred Methodists. Um, we'll be here representing um, in our building, doing legislation, eating, worshiping, praying, eating some more, and doing all the things that Methodists do. There are even times in the schedule where these folks will be volunteering and, and going into our communities. I am still looking for some volunteers, so if you have some extra time, Thursday through Saturday, Um, let me know. Come on over to the coffee hour and we will see where there's openings and I'll get you scheduled. And if you've already signed up, um, come over and see me in my office right by the kitchen and I'll have a little slip of paper with the time that I signed you up for so you won't forget. Uh, The other announcement that I have is we have our shut-in or are just care bags that we like to give out periodically to people who can't come to church as much as they once did. So um, those little bags are over in the FLC, and they have a name on it. So you can see the name and go uh, take it to somebody who doesn't get to come to church, and it definitely will, will bless them. There are a few that have no names on them. So if you have a neighbor or somebody in your life that you think could be blessed with a little care bag, take one of those as well. And if you have any other questions, I'll be over at coffee hour and we can see what we can do to get you signed up. Thank you. Now, with that being said, (laughs) next Sunday, uh, the conference is going to take over our sanctuary. And there'll be the ordination for new pastors. And then those brand new pastors will go forth and preach. Anyway, um, that being said, we won't be here. Our service will be at Kleiner Park at 1030 at the band shell. So what time will that be? And where? Kleiner Park, yes. All right. So uh, if you forget and wander in here, it, it will be different. <laughs> it will be different, I'll tell you that. So for other things, please check the bulletin for activities that are going on now. Uh, we've got uh, the Vacation Bible School starting next Monday, isn't it? Yeah, so it'll be right back to back. And the Hawks baseball game, uh, that's always a good time. Uh, They have a bat dog. Did you know that? A dog that runs out and picks up the bats and brings them in. Not the kind that fly, but... So he's got to do something during the the summer because in the fall, he's the uh, tea dog. 
at the Bronco games. So, uh, so a lot, a lot of stuff going on. I, I know. Well, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I guess. <laughs> It's going to be hard to believe, it really is, but I got a, a source that informed me that's going to turn over the sports world. Uh, about 50-some years ago, the Los Angeles Lakers acquired a young basketball player by the name of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And the owners of the team recognized that this could be the future. And so they were thinking of the future. They had him cloned <laughs> and put him in a cryogenic uh, facility. Well, the owners, when they sold, forgot to tell the new owners that Kareem was there. They discovered him. And they had called him their iced Kareem clone. <laughs> I told you it would be hard to believe. <laughs> Where do you go from there? <laughs> Let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, then remain standing for the opening hymns.
remain standing for the affirmation of faith. You can find it in the hymnal, number 881, or off the screen. Please join with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Unless you're a kiddo, if you're a kiddo, like fifth grade and down, come on up. This is, this is your time in worship. church because after church we went to grandma's house i also like church but we went to grandma's house afterwards and my hold on and grandma's house guess what she had in her basement like everyone else did on the planet at that time you know what game this is called oh we got to get more basements out there yeah baseball not quite baseball yeah, this... All right, help me out. What? It's a paddle. What is it? Ping pong. Ping pong. Table tennis. My, yeah. My, my, my She's got one of these? This, this is actually from my grandma's house. Uh, when, they, when, they, when she had to move out, uh, it, we walked through the house and they said, what do you want from grandma's house? I wanted, I wanted a ping pong paddle because my brother and I, we spent so many hours down there playing. Uh, probably way too much, but it was better than TV. Uh, I, yeah, I got two brothers. They're smarter and wiser than I am, so that's, that's why I'm here. But we played ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. And I could, my brother and I, we were about the same uh, in, in skill level. And so it went, it went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I think I could beat him now. He hasn't played for a while. Uh, so my son, my son went to uh, college last year, and they have a ping pong table at the college. So about once a month, I go to the college, and I say hi. We, we work out at the YMCA, but then we go play about an hour of ping pong. He, he has not beaten me yet. <laughs> Which is good, because it tells me he's studying and not playing ping pong. <laughs> but you want to play someone who's better, than, or who's better than you. Yeah. Does that sound weird? You want to play sports against people who are better than you? Yeah. Why, why would you want to do that? Because then you can win, maybe you get a, a silver necklace. If you win, you might get a medal. That's right. If you play with people better than you. In soccer, or in baseball, or in volleyball, or in other sports, I always loved playing people who were a little bit better. Because do you know what that did to me? I got better. The only way you can get better is if you play against people who are better than you. If you always play against people who are worse than you, it might be fun. But you don't get better. There's a verse in the Bible that says, iron sharpens iron, which means that we get better uh, at whatever we do if we practice and if we, if, we, uh, uh, you know, if we play against people who are better than us or if we read books that are just a little bit beyond maybe what we can do. Yeah. You have a mosquito bracelet just in case a mosquito comes and you can snap it? Yeah. yeah. We love all of God's creatures, but mosquitoes... 
They, they push the limit, don't they? Yeah. I see, oh, I see a mosquito bite over here on this arm. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I tell you what, you can get mosquitoes with this. In everything we do, I hope and I pray, I hope and I pray that we get better at reading, at playing, at loving, at forgiving, because sometimes this faith life also takes some practice. And, and, and God trusts us a lot, I think, because sometimes some people are hard to love, but he still calls us to love. Yeah, G- Jesus said, love your enemies. I'm like, Jesus, have you seen my enemies? <laughs> and that's why Jesus had to tell us that. Yeah. Can you pray with me today? Can you put your hands together? Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings upon these little ones that as they grow in godliness and in your favor, that they might find a little bit more of, of, of you in their lives, in their families, in their summer vacations, in a time away from school. We pray that you are always there. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down.
Good morning, church. This is a time of our service where we center our hearts and our minds and our, our spirits to receive the message. And this is a time of our service where we come together in an attitude of prayer and share with one another the things that are on our hearts today. If you have a prayer request that you would like to share aloud, please feel free to share them with your neighbors. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer, which will be on the screen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we praise your name. In you we are redeemed and blessed assurance is ours, for we are made new. Lord God, clothe us in your righteousness and breathe on us your spirit. Teach us your ways, O Lord, so that we may be able to see both the need and the divine spark of our neighbor. That we may learn to see you in those that hunger and those that thirst, both for physical and spiritual sustenance, Lord. That we may learn to see you in the stranger and in the prisoner, Help us to see one another as you do, with love and with grace. Let this be our religion. For your son Jesus taught that this is the way that leads to life. And Lord, we come together today with, with so much gratitude in our hearts we come together to pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Bible reading today will come from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. You may follow along on the screen. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are on this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. 
So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things he has done while in the body, whether good or bad. May God bless the reading of his word. I remember an old timer who said back in the 30s, when some of the scientists began to talk about the time coming when we could sit in our living rooms and see things happen in other parts of the world at the very moment they took place. Some of us did not believe it was possible and we waited to be shown. That same old timer said, a president once told us that, we put a, that we'd put a man on the moon and then bring them back safely to earth. Many of us had our doubts. Now this old timer was from Missouri. And if you know Missouri's motto, it's show me. A congressman was tired of the eloquent, flowery, but shallow speeches of, of Congress today. I'm glad those days are over. And he, <laughs> and he, wanted, he wanted people to stop talking and just start doing. And when faced with an, the unusual, it is so easy to have doubts. It is so easy for us to stay, to, to, to stay where we are and, and just say, show me. Show me, God, what you want me to do. I won't believe it till I see it. How easy it is, how human it is for us when faced with the unusual or the uncertainty to have doubts and to have an attitude of, you know, I won't believe it until I see it. How easy for it is for us wanting to build our faith on sight. How human it is for us to want to undergird what we believe with what we see. Well, friends, it sounds so unmissourian, but the Christian pathway is one that must be walked by faith and sometimes not by sight. If we're not willing to walk by faith, then we cannot walk it successfully. Not only is sight not necessary, but much of the Christian realm is beyond what we can see anyway. As Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8, 24 through 25, hopefully it'll be on the screen, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen, that's not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we uh, see not, then do we then do we, with patience, wait for it. The goal of faith lies beyond earthly sight. And the pathway of sight does not go far enough to reach it. So if, if we're, you know, we're going to be like Abraham of old, we're going to walk by faith. Or we're just never going to reach it. Let me, let me backtrack. I'll, I'll talk about kids for a second. Because kids get this. As children, did you, did you always understand everything your parents did? No. There's times still today I don't know what my mom's doing. But as a little boy, I, I, I did not understand why my parents, why they didn't want me to bang around the old grain bins where the heavy machinery was with the harvest. That looked like a fun place to play. Nor I, I never understood why they gave me some bad tasting medicine that they did. Or why they, they, they refrained me from doing this, but they wanted me to do that. But the one thing I did believe is that they, they had my best interest at heart. The people around you in your life have your best interest at heart. For my parents, I trusted them, that they loved me, that they were concerned about me. And that this, 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 this faith in that led me to accept a lot of the ways that I just didn't understand yet. And as God's children, we don't always understand the things that God is doing or what he's asking for us to do. We walk by, we walk by faith, not by sight. We read 
In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, I'm going to jump ahead to the next slide. In Hebrews, uh, Old Test, uh, Hebrews, New Testament, sounds like an Old Testament thing, but uh, it's, it's one of the letters. Uh, we read this in Hebrews. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. You ever have that in life? I have no idea what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know how I'm going to make it to another week. I don't know how I made it this far. Some of you are walking tough roads. Some of you are in jobs that you don't like, surrounded by people you don't like, doing something you don't like. You can make this. Some of you have health concerns that you're wondering, what's the doctor going to say? You can make this. Some of you sit at home wondering, does anyone care? You can make this. Why do we do the meet and greet? I think I told you this before, but it's, it's good to repeat it. Why do we do the meet and greet time walking around? I remember a gal who came up and said, Pastor Mike, this is the only time I ever get a hug. Oh. You can make this. We read these scriptures. We read these stories to understand that they didn't have it all figured out either. They had to walk by faith. Well, God talked to them differently. Uh, I don't know. If Moses had not been willing to go down into Egypt by faith, trusting that the Lord was going to work it out, he never would have left the people uh, in the desert. If Gideon, with his 300 men, with their pitchers and torches, had not been willing to go out in faith against the, uh, the army of the Midianites, they never would have delivered the people from bondage. Faith involves risk. But if you insist on only traveling in things that, are un, that, things that are certain, in places that you know for 100% what's going to happen, you, you're not going to travel far. Uh, I did a wedding a while back, and, and he's like, I don't know if I want to get married. I don't know what the future's going to bring. Guess what? None of us do. None of us have it figured out. You might look around at uh, the people sitting next to you, man. They got it all figured out. Let me tell you a secret. They don't. We're all making this up as we go along. But I believe in a God who who walks with us through the uncertainty of life. He's there. And there's this pathway. The early Christian church, before they were called Christians, before this thing called Christianity, they called it the way. Love, forgive, be a person of grace. Be a person of mercy. This is the way. I don't know where that leads. Just follow it. Trusting in the one who calls you forth. Are you a person of faith? Are you willing to walk where you cannot see? This month of June, we're going to take a look at a couple of famous hymns in our tradition. And I'm going to take a quick look at Blessed Assurance, number 369 in the hymnal. Seems like a good hymn for this verse. Blessed, Blessed Assurance. How can I have those assurances that God has given me? I kind of live my life in doubt. How can you say? How can you say with assurance that this stuff is true? The hymn writer can attest to this. If you had to name a few of the prominent hymn writers that you could find in our hymnal, uh, would that be an easy task for the common churchgoer? Probably not. Uh, even for pastors. There's, there's a whole bunch of hymn writers in there. But in case you're curious, here are the top three that you can find in our hymnal. Two of which came from England. Uh, number one, Isaac Watts. A lot of hymns in the hymnal. Come ye that love the Lord. Oh, our God, our help in ages pass. Alas, did my Savior bleed. This is the day, this is the day. Isaac Watts. Countless others. Uh, Probably one of his most famous ones. Joy to the world. We also have the Englishman Charles Wesley in there. 
brother of John Wesley, had uh, hundreds and hundreds of hit works, uh, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, we sang one this morning, Over a Thousand Tongues, uh, Easter we sang one of his, Christ the Lord is risen today, Charles. But number three, American, writer of 8,000 gospel songs and hymns in her lifetime. Her name, Fanny Crosby. Who's Fanny Crosby, I hear you ask? An Ameri- one of America's most prolific hymn writers, uh, along with Charles Wesley. She's got quite a few in her hymnal. Uh, Blessed Assurance is one of them. Uh, what else does she have? Pass me not a gentle Savior. That's hers. Um, Oh, tell me the stories of Jesus. Tell me the stories of Jesus. Uh, Jesus, keep me near the cross. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. 8,000 hymns. Some of them are going to be keepers. She also wrote 1,000 non-religious songs in her lifetime. Had four books of poetry and two best-selling autobiographies. Two. She lived that long to have two autobiographies. (laughs) 95. She had plenty of time on her hands. But you know what? Yippee skippy. She wrote a lot of hymns. What's the big deal? Well, first, think the 1800s, she was female. Do you know how many female hymn writers we have in our hymnal? I don't either. <laughs> Not enough. But it was right and proper for this to happen. She was born in 1820, the same year as, as Susan B. Anthony. Women's rights didn't exactly exist. Fanny entered into that man's world of being a church leader. And when she was six weeks old, just six weeks old, she got, a, she got an eye infection. And they took her to the doctor, and the doctor put a mustard paste around her eyes to help the discharge. And she became blind because of it. Blind at six weeks um, until, until 95, her death. She was handicapped. She had to go to the school for the blind as a girl. And she would later become a teacher at that school. She was not supposed to amount to anything. Nobody would have thought that she would have gotten an education, let her alone be uh, uh, proficient in literature, get married, which she did, let alone inspire a whole generation. She had to write hymns under a different name because they would not accept a hymn from someone named Fanny. And she also submitted so many that they... (laughs) She had to come up with different names so they would accept a whole lot more hymns in the hymnal. They were that good and popular. Uh, She met with presidents, worked with abolitionists. Uh, She was against uh, Franklin Pierce in the 1856 election. She uh, she, She was in politics. She was against Franklin Pierce. Franklin Pierce won, so she wrote a hymn. This one's not in her hymnal. Uh... The, 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 her, the lyrics are, the election's passed and I'm pierced at last. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love the next line. The locos have gained the day. <laughs> in her later life, she and her husband lived with the poor and destitute in the Bowery of New York, working to end extreme poverty. On the occasion that she wrote Blessed Assurance, it was, she was about 53 years old. She was visiting a friend named Phoebe, Phoebe Knapp, wife of Joseph Knapp, the founder of MetLife Insurance. And Phoebe was playing at the piano and asked Fanny, who was sitting over there listening, Fanny, here's a, here's a new tune that I've written. What, what do you think? And on a whim and a prayer, Fanny responded. She goes, to me it says, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Well, that's good. Come on over. And they, they sat down and for the next 90 minutes, hammered it out. So a blind gal from the other side of the streets wrote the words. Again, listen to the words. Blind gal from the other side of the streets. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. Remember. Blind gal. One pastor commented to her, you can't write this. You have no idea about vision. And she said, when I get to heaven, the first face that I shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. 
We choose to walk by faith, not by sight. With the words of a sightless woman sharing with us the visions of what someday may be. May we have that blessed assurance today. And the family of God said, Amen. On the last, last night that Jesus spent with his disciples on this side of the resurrection, he wanted to give them food, not only for that night, but food for the journey. He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. All of you, this is my body shed for you. And after the meal, he took the cup and he said, take and drink. All of you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in my name. And so we take this. For 2,000 years, we have come together for the meal. A little while ago, a kid said, Pastor Mike, it's not much of a meal. It's a little. I could use seconds. (laughs) Said, I understand. This is more food for the journey, food for the soul. When I take communion, I feel close to my Lord. When I take communion, I feel close to my family who has taken this for generations. I remember walking up the aisle with my grandpa to take communion. So all these emotions come flooding back. We call it communion because it forms community. All are welcome at this table. You don't need to be a member of this church or a member of the United Methodist Church or even unsure. You might be unsure about this whole faith thing anyway. You know what? We're all walking by faith, not by sight. The table is set. Please come forward.
Thank you for that, Dvorak. Appreciate that. As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the giving to this church. You make the ministries of our church happen that affect not only our community, our state, our nation, and our world. Every, every month, we have a raise right order. What's raise right, I hear you ask? It is a gift card program that we have at our church that, uh, that helps uh, the general budget and the general endowment. Uh, the order is due today. If you'd like to take a look, order forms are on the, uh, just, just right out here at the welcome table. Let us receive today's offering. Let's stand for our doxology and prayer.
and God in the next moment. We offer our gifts today, having heard your call through Jesus our Lord. May our gifts bring us closer to you and to the community around us. Amen. And of course, our closing hymn today, Blessed Assurance, in the hymnal 369. Uh, this morning. To all our musicians, thank you. To the team upstairs uh, for making this happen. For all the people online, uh, blessings to you. And for us in this room, may God's grace, may God's glory, may God's forgiveness, and may his love walk with us in these days of blessed assurance. Go in peace.